Have you ever felt that you were being attacked by a force of darkness? Have you experienced interference when you planned to spend time with the Lord? Do you find yourself binging with the inability to stop? How do we keep a positive balance? In this episode, we're going to explore how spiritual battle with angels and devils and demons may affect your life. Welcome to Truth of the Spirit. I'm your host, Patty Bruner. Trapping the good feelings and expelling the bad is number eight of our Stepping Stones to the Fullness of Christ series. Our discussion today is how spiritual battle affects our lives. You can read the script of this episode at patriarchministries.com slash 186. Other episodes that we suggest to you today are listed in our description. Not too long after my husband and I first started ministering to others by the power of the Holy Spirit, I woke up one night screaming with a nightmare that I was being violently attacked by a demon. My husband said that at the very same time, he had a dream that he was being seduced by a demon. What are the odds of that happening randomly? Not only did it make clear that the enemy was interested in trying to worry us, it also illustrated the variety of spiritual warfare he uses. But instead of disrupting our ministry, it caused us to dig deeper into prayer which may be why the Lord allowed them to attack us. Have you ever noticed the enemy stepping up his game against you? Count it blessing if it's because you're growing closer to the Lord and the enemy is recognizing your potential for the building up of the kingdom of God. We can use the Catechism of the Catholic Church as a resource to answer the question, what are demons, devils, and evil spirits? And what effect do they have on my life? And the phrase in the Lord's Prayer, deliver us from evil. Catechism paragraph number 391 informs us, behind the disobedient choice of our first parents lurks a seductive voice opposed to God, which made them fall into death out of envy. Scripture and the church's tradition see in this being a fallen angel called Satan or the devil. The church teaches that Satan was at first a good angel made by God. The devil and the other demons were indeed created naturally good by God. They became evil by their own doing. According to Catechism paragraph number 414, 
Satan or the devil and the other demons are fallen angels who have freely refused to serve God and his plan. Their choice against God is definitive. They try to associate man in their revolt against God. There is a saying that misery loves company. The demons desire our company, not for reasons of love, but in hate of the special relationship we have with God through Jesus. Catechism paragraph number 407 explains the power of the devil against mankind. The doctrine of original sin, closely connected with that of redemption by Christ, provides lucid discernment of man's situation and activity in the world. By our first parent's sin, the devil has acquired a certain domination over man. Even though man remains free, original sin entails captivity under the power of him who thenceforth had the power of death, that is, the devil. Ignorance of the fact that man has a wounded nature inclined to evil gives rise to serious errors in the areas of education, politics, social action, and morals. But don't worry. Catechism paragraph number 395 affirms that the power of Satan is, nonetheless, not infinite. He is only a creature, powerful from the fact that he is pure spirit, but still a creature. He cannot prevent the building up of God's reign. Although Satan may act in the world of his hatred for God and his kingdom in Christ Jesus, and although his action may cause great injuries of a spiritual nature and indirectly even of a physical nature to each man into society, the action is permitted by divine providence with which strength and gentleness guides human and cosmic history. It is a great mystery that providence should permit diabolic activity. But we know that in everything, God works for good with those who love him. Pope St. Leo the Great, who became the leader of the Catholic Church in the year 440, is quoted as saying, Virtue is nothing without the trial of temptation, for there is no conflict without an enemy, no victory without strife. St. Paul says in Romans chapter 5, verse 20, Where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Catechism, paragraph number 312, reminds us, From the greatest moral evil ever committed, the rejection and murder of God's only Son brought the greatest of goods, the glorification of Christ and our redemption.
But for all that, evil never becomes a good. Catechism paragraph number 2116 tells us all forms of divination are to be rejected. Recourse to Satan or demons, conjuring up the dead, or other practices falsely supposed to unveil the future, like consulting horoscopes, astrology, palm reading, interpretation of omens and lots, the phenomena of clairvoyance, and recourse to mediums all conceal a desire for power over time, history, and in the last analysis, over human beings, as well as a wish to conciliate hidden powers. They contradict the honor, respect, and loving fear that we owe to God alone. And these sorts of things pretend to be fun and harmless, but they are not. These things are a doorway for demonic infestation. They imitate the power of the Holy Spirit, but with a plan to destroy the kingdom of God. We know that Satan ultimately fails, but In the meantime, what effect do they have on our lives? The big effect comes from original sin. Catechism paragraph number 1707 says that man, enticed by the evil one, abused his freedom at the very beginning of history. He succumbed to temptation and did what was evil. He still desires the good, but his nature bears the wound of original sin, and man is now inclined to evil and subject to error. Man is divided into himself, and as a result, the whole life of man, both individual and social, shows itself to be a struggle and a dramatic one between good and evil, between light and darkness. Sometimes, when we feel like the devil is on our back, it is actually our fallen nature. In their religious behavior, however, man also displayed their limits and errors that disfigure the image of God in them. Catechism paragraph number 844 quotes Lumen Gentium. Very often, it says, very often deceived by the evil one, men have become vain in their reasonings and have exchanged the truth of God for a lie and served the creature rather than the creator or else, living and dying in this world without God, they are exposed to ultimate despair. When I was young, Ouija boards were used for entertainment at parties. We had no knowledge how harmful these could be, but we soon felt that something wasn't quite right. We ended up burning the board when we moved to another town. 
There are lots of other demonic devices hidden in entertainment, movies, good luck charms, music, even comedy TV shows about good witches. Some glorify immorality. Some distort truth about immortality. They distract us from the real power of God by trying to show that power comes from other sources. Catechism paragraph number 671 ties various scriptures together as it says, Though already present in his church, Christ's reign is nevertheless yet to be fulfilled with power and great glory of the king's return to earth. This reign is still under attack by the evil powers, even though they have been defeated definitively by Christ, Passover, until everything is subject to him, until there be realized new heavens and a new earth in which justice dwells, the pilgrim church in her sacraments and institutions, which belong to this present age, carries the mark of this world, which will pass. And she herself takes her place among the creatures, which groan and travail, yet and await the revelation of the sons of God. That is why Christians pray above all in the Eucharist to hasten Christ's return by saying to him, Maranatha, our Lord, come. In the Lord's Prayer, we pray, Thy kingdom come and deliver us from evil. In Catechism paragraph number 550, we learn the coming of God's kingdom means the defeat of Satan's. It is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons. Then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Jesus' exorcisms free some individuals from the domination of demons. They anticipate Jesus' great victory over the ruler of this world. The kingdom of God will be definitively established through Christ's cross. God reigned from the wood. Man, in his weakness, sometimes stupidly seeks the devil's help instead of seeking God's help. One time we prayed for someone who told us that their relative had hired a witch from another country to occultly spy on his wife for infidelity. Another woman told us that she found occult symbols under her carpet. Oh Lord, deliver us from evil. Catechism paragraph number 2854 teaches, When we asked to be delivered from the evil one, We pray as well to be freed from all evils, present, past, and future, of which he is the author or instigator. In this final petition of the Our Father, 
The church brings before the Father all the distress of the world, along with deliverance from the evils that overwhelm humanity. She implores the precious gift of peace and the grace of perseverance and expectation of Christ's return. By praying in this way, the church anticipates in humility of faith the gathering together of everyone and everything in him who has the keys of death and Hades and is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty My husband and I have served on prayer teams for over 25 years. At times, we have sensed evil lurking close by. We bind the evil mute in the name of Jesus. Now, we are not a deliverance team, but we have encouraged a few of the people we have prayed for to visit a priest in our area that serves as a diocesan exorcist. All people can pray cleansing prayers when they come in close proximity to evil. It's also important to realize that the devil recognizes when we have sinned or have been hurt, and he uses these issues to draw us farther from Christ. In a few minutes, I'll share one of the prayers we pray each night and after sessions of prayer for others. It's important to know that if we have entertained evil, we need to rebuke our actions that open the door to demons. The best way is through repentance and confession. We can trap the good feelings, when our will matches God's will for us. This brings peace, which is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. We trap the good feelings when we exercise fear of the Lord, which means we are more concerned with offending God than with offending ourselves or others by our actions. Fear of the Lord is a gift of the Holy Spirit given in confirmation. Ask the Lord to stir up this gift in your heart as you choose your thoughts and actions. Truth is another way the Holy Spirit uses our intellect to reveal God's goodness to us. As we embrace truth, we can more easily reject the deceptions and half-truths the enemy uses to confuse us and lead us away from God. Sometimes the Lord provides affirmations and consolations to encourage us in our journey. Catechism paragraph number 2853 gives us hope, as it says, victory over the prince of this world was won once for all at the hour when Jesus freely gave himself up to death to give us his life. This is the judgment of this world, and the prince of this world is cast out. He pursued the woman 
but had no hold on her. The new Eve, full of grace, of the Holy Spirit, is preserved from sin and the corruption of death, the Immaculate Conception and the Assumption of the Most Holy Mother of God, Mary, ever virgin. Then the dragon was angry with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring. Therefore the Spirit and the church pray, Come, Lord Jesus, since his coming will deliver us from the evil one. So what does all of this mean? Catechism paragraph 2852 tells us, A murderer from the beginning, a liar and the father of lies, Satan is the deceiver of the whole world. Through him, sin and death entered the world, and by his definitive defeat, all creation will be freed from the corruption of sin and death. You can read about that in John chapter 8, verse 44, and Revelations 12, verse 9. Now, we know that anyone born of God does not sin, but he who was born of God keeps him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are of God, and the whole world is in the power of the evil one. The Lord has taken away your sin and pardoned your faults, also protects you and keeps you from the wiles of your adversary, the devil, so that the enemy, who is accustomed to leading into sin, may not surprise you. One who entrusts himself to God does not dread the devil. If God is for us, who is against us? We ask the question in Catechism, paragraph number 310, then why did God not create a world so perfect that no evil could exist in it? With infinite power, God could always create something better. But with infinite wisdom and goodness, God freely willed to create a world in a state of journeying towards its ultimate perfection. In God's plan, this process of becoming involves the appearance of certain beings and the disappearance of others, the existence of the more perfect alongside the less perfect, both constructive and destructive forces of nature. With physical good, there exists also physical evil, as long as creation has not reached perfection. Sacred Scripture confirms the truth of the devil and demons as it tells of their expulsion by the power of God. The Old Testament story of Tobiah and Sarah explores this. In the book of Tobit, chapter 3, verses 8 and 17, it says, For she had been married to seven husbands, but the wicked demon Asmodeus killed them off, 
before they could have intercourse with her, as is prescribed for the wives. So, Raphael was sent to heal them both. To remove the cataracts from Tobit's eyes so that he might again see God's sunlight, and to marry Ragul's daughter Sarah to Tobit's son Tobiah, and then drive the wicked demon Asomaldeus from her. Satan, who was once known as Lucifer, the angel of light, rebelled against God. The book of Revelation tells us that a third of the angels also rebelled against God's plan. Father Cliff Ermentinger says that there are trillions of devils in the world. The scripture, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, says that they prowl about like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Father Vincent Lampert says the devil cannot act on the intellect or the will of mankind. They can use our history and imagination. They can act on the body and its passions and emotions. They cannot read your thoughts. Let me repeat that. Angels and demons cannot read your mind unless God gives them special permission. Demons are highly intelligent. They do not know the future, only the possibilities. They can use our words and actions to figure out our weaknesses, to attack us, Then, using deception, half-truths, and lies, they can suggest thoughts and actions that lead us away from God. We can choose the will of God or follow the will of the devils. We can open doors that welcome devils by using demonic entertainment. Everyone can be attacked. Jesus was attacked in the desert by the devil using scripture to tempt him to turn away from God the Father and avoid suffering. Monsignor James Mancini says, demonic beings bother us in various ways. Temptation, negative forces, harassment, obsession, bondage, or oppression, and possession. The worst of these is possession. They're the hardest demons to get rid of, maybe because the person welcomed them in exchange for something, something like power, popularity, or sinful pleasure, and they have taken control of the person and especially if the person wants them to stay and refuses to repent. The church has provided ordained bishops who can be exorcists or assign ordained priests as exorcists to help people when they are possessed. A large part of the ministry of Jesus was casting demons or unclean spirits out of the afflicted. 
Mark chapter 1 says, Demons cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Quiet, come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsed him and with a loud cry came out of him. All were amazed and asked one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Mark chapter 1, verse 34 says, Jesus cured many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Mark chapter 5 says Jesus had been saying to the demon, unclean spirit, come out of the man. He asked him, what is your name? He replied, legion is my name. There are many of us. Demons can attack to hatred, to injury, to unforgiveness, as well as to sinful actions. They feed and grow stronger. An exorcist I know told me that most people need healing to be free and then to stay free, especially spiritual healing. Demons are also attracted to those who are sexually abused or who have sexual addictions, such as pornography. We invite you to listen to patriarchministries.com slash 77, which is overcoming demonic barriers to healing, and to our playlist, Inner Healing of Your Mind and Heart. We have links to these in the description of this episode. Mark chapter 9, verse 25 says, Jesus, on seeing a crowd rapidly gathering, rebuked the unclean spirit and said to it, Mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. Once the Lord has given freedom with your cooperation of repentance, you have a responsibility to walk on the narrow path with the Holy Spirit. This is done by studying the scriptures, prayer, spiritual fellowship, determined resistance, and praising God. Focus on God instead of on the enemy. Don't even acknowledge the attack of the enemy, but turn and begin to praise God. The enemy does not want to produce a praise response in you, and he will flee. To avoid reinfestation or to help avoid demonic influence, Sacred Scripture shows how we can be protected. Luke chapter 11 says, 
when an unclean spirit goes out of someone, it roams through arid regions searching for rest. But finding none, it says, I shall return to my home from which I came. But upon returning, it finds it swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and brings back seven other spirits more wicked than itself who move in and dwell there. And the last condition of that person is worse than the first. So our minds and souls should not be empty, but filled with the Word of God and with the presence of the Holy Spirit and the grace of God. They should be filled with love, joy, and peace. Exorcism calls for faith and prayer. When the disciples of Jesus, before the apostles were ordained at the Last Supper and before they received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, they were sent out by Jesus to heal the sick. On one occasion, they failed. And the person in need came to the source of the healing, Jesus. Matthew chapter 17 says, Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him. And from that hour, the boy was cured. Then the disciples approached Jesus in private and said, Why could we not drive it out? He said to them, Because of your little faith, Amen. I say to you, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Jesus shares his victory over evil with us and empowers his church for the battle. Luke chapter 10, verses 17 to 19 says, The 72 returned rejoicing and said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us because of your name. Jesus said, I have observed Satan fall like lightning from the sky. Behold, I have given you the power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and upon the full force of the enemy, and nothing will harm you. In the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verses 7 to 11, John tells us, Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels battled against the dragon. The dragon and its angels fought back, but they did not prevail, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. The huge dragon, the ancient serpent, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceived the whole world, was thrown down to earth, and its angels were thrown down with it. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have salvation and power come, and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his anointed. For the accuser of our brothers is cast out, who accuses them before our God day and night. 
They conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Love for life did not deter them from death. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3 says, But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. James chapter 4, verse 7 says, So? Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8-9 to says, Be sober and vigilant. Your opponent, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him steadfast in faith, knowing that your fellow believers throughout the world undergo the same sufferings. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 says, Put on the armor of God, so that you may be able to stand firm against the tactics of the devil. We recommend you watch our playlist on the armor of God. It contains Truth of the Spirit's episodes 15 through 23. Take a few moments now to consider the information about how spiritual battle affects our lives. What is your response to all this information? Do you have a new sense of the words of the Lord's Prayer when praying, Deliver us from evil? Do you feel strengthened by the Lord when you make the sign of the cross, especially when using holy water? These sacramentals aid you in the battle against darkness. Do you notice a change for the better after receiving the holy sacraments, especially reconciliation? Sacraments have power to stand against the evil one. Next time you are attacked, try calling out the name of Jesus. Jesus. Resist the devil and he will flee. Besides the sacraments and holy water, the Lord has given each person a guardian angel to help us make good decisions and to battle our enemy. You can call upon his help with the guardian angel prayer. Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here, ever this day, be at my side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. There may be trillions of devils, but there are twice as many good angels. They worship God and perfectly do His will, which includes protecting and rescuing us. We can also ask St. Michael the Archangel to help us. 
Say with me the prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and the other evil spirits who prowl about the world for the ruin of souls. Amen. The prayer to St. Michael was composed at the turn from the 19th to the 20th century by Pope Leo Thirteenth as a spiritual warfare prayer after he had received a warning from the Lord that included a vision of St. Michael the Archangel. The prayer was sent out by Pope Leo XIII for all Catholics to say after Mass. My husband and I always pray a prayer of protection before we pray for others, and we pray a cleansing prayer after we pray for others. We have discovered that the enemy seems to jump around, and in the name of Jesus, we don't want him jumping on us. I'll add those prayers today and on our website. You or the head of your family can pray a daily prayer of protection. I'll add one we've used. Sacred scripture instructs us to be protected by the armor of God. I have a prayer that uses Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 18 to put on the full armor of God. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I desire to be obedient to your word. I ask to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. I will put on the full armor of God that I might be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For my struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, I will take up the full armor of God that I may be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm, I will stand firm. Therefore, having girded my loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod my feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, I will take up the shield of faith with which I will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one, those fiery darts. And I will take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And with all prayer and petition, I will pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, I will be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. 
I will pray that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. To help you understand these items of spiritual armor, we invite you again to listen to our playlist of eight videos on the armor of God. Other helpful episodes available on patriarchministries.com slash 26, Protection, Deliverance, Cleansing Prayer with Sheila Canup. PatriarchMinistries.com slash 64, Lenten Logos, number 4, Light versus Dark. PatriarchMinistries.com slash 60, Basics of Faith, Part 8, Basics of Salvation. PatriarchMinistries.com slash 77, Overcoming Demonic Barriers to Healing. PatriarchMinistries.com slash 118, Inner Healing and Freedom. PatriarchMinistries.com slash 119, Fear versus Fear of the Lord. PatriarchMinistries.com slash 146, Deception and Half-Truths in a World Gone Astray. PatriarchMinistries.com 174, God's Blueprint for Rescue, and the playlist, Inner Healing of Your Mind and Heart, and that playlist has seven videos. There's plenty to find the truth. A ministry protection prayer that we pray is, Lord We dedicate these moments of prayer to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. We implore you to place on each of us the armor of God. And then there's a cleansing prayer following ministry. We say, Lord Jesus, thank you for sharing with me your wonderful ministry of healing and deliverance. Thank you for being present today as I prayed for others. I realize that the sickness and evil we encounter is more than our humanity can bear. So cleanse me of any sadness, negativity, or despair that I may have picked up. If my ministry has tempted me to anger, impatience, or lust, cleanse me of those temptations and replace them with love, joy, and peace. Strengthen me where I felt weak and clothe me with your light. If any evil spirits, powers, or forces have attached themselves to me, Or oppress me in any way. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command them to leave right now and not return. I send them to the foot of the cross to do the will of the Father. Now come, Holy Spirit, fill all the void areas in me with your presence. And renew me with your life, your love, and your strength. And Lord Jesus, please send your holy angels to guard me and protect me from all harm, accidents, or illness. In your precious name I pray, amen. 
I have a couple more prayers that I will place on the patriarchministries.com slash 186 website. And you don't have to remember all of those numbers I gave you. Remember, they're in the description of this episode. You're listening to The Truth of the Spirit. I'm Patty Brenner. We pray that you're not losing the struggle and the battle against evil. But if you're listening to our show, you're taking a positive step in seeking the Lord's help to expel the bad and embrace the goodness of the Lord. This is number eight of the Stepping Stones to the Fullness of Christ series, Trapping the Good Feelings and Expelling the Bad, How Spiritual Battle Affects Our Lives. Be sure and give us a like, please subscribe, and leave us a comment. Share this with your friends, then come back for more. With the Holy Spirit, there's always more. Amen. This is the Padua Podcast Network. Padua Podcast Network.com.